challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. What is the importance of ritual, of initiations, of rites of passage in the lives of men? Well, that's what I want to talk about in this podcast. And I want to thank Joshua, who wrote me about this, said he's got some young children and said he'd like to know more about how to go about this. And of course, you guys can interact directly uh, online but and, and talk about these things amongst yourselves so that other people can hear, the, hear see them and read them. But I want to talk now about this all-important thing. I'm a big believer in ritual. I'm a big believer in initiations, in rites of passage, in little ceremonies that ought to uh, adorn and mark the passages of life, particularly in the life of a man. It's true in the life of a woman too, but obviously I'm speaking here of men. Uh, my wife's got a little two and a half year old grandchild and uh, he is just sweet and wonderful, but it's amazing how quickly any little thing we do um, becomes a ritual to him and he looks forward to it. Like I have a great big uh, inflatable exercise ball here in our house that I hide high in a closet. Well, when he was young, we started playing with that. And he would push the ball towards me uh, in his delighted little, you know, 18-month-old, two-year-old uh, style. And I would go, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, you know, like the ball was going to get me. Well, now this is the oh, no, oh, no game. That ball is the oh, no, oh, no ball. <laughs> <laughs> and when he's just being driven to our home, uh, immediately he'll say, is Papa going to, my name's Papa to him, is Papa going to play the oh no game with me? Are we going to get the oh no ball down? And there are 15 other rituals like that. In other words, um, he looks forward to these rituals. He looks forward to these things we do regularly. For him, they're part of being in BB and Papa's house. Well, this is how we're made. And of course, I believe as a Christian that we're made this way because the God who made us is a God of remembrance, a God of ritual, a God of seasons, a God of uh, sacred times and seasons. Uh, for those of you who are Bible readers, when you read Genesis 1, for example, and we're told that God put the sun, the moon, the stars, and the heavens, one of the reasons was to mark sacred seasons. So from the very beginning, marking things, noting things, uh, setting aside time to remember, setting aside time to reflect, having holy seasons and ceremonies and rituals and banquets and meals and all of that kind of stuff. Very, very critical. And I think it's extremely critical in the life of a man. Um, I, I, I know a, a gentleman, a friend of mine who's a father who's done this incredibly well. Um, from, the, from the earliest days of his son's life, his son saw on his wall a picture of his father uh, holding him when he was a baby. Now, most of us don't do this, but I think it's a great idea. I wish I'd done it with my kids who are now, you know, in their late 20s and early 30s. But the, all the time this young man was growing up, this boy was growing up, there was a picture on his on his wall of his father holding him as a baby, just beaming, his father just happy and just thrilled. And the father would tell his son about that day. This became a ritual where the little boy would go to bed. He'd say, tell me about the day I was born. And the father would say, oh, I remember that day so well. 
I, I remember how I felt. And here's what happened. Here's what the doctor said. Here's what was going on with your mother. And here's what took place. And it was getting later and later. And we were going, where is Jamie? You know, and he just builds it up. Well, the kid just loses his mind with excitement. He's got to have heard this a hundred times. What's happened here? This father has wisely turned this into a ritual. And every time this ritual is recounted or every time this ritual happens where he's holding his son, telling him about his birth, what's, what are the, what's being communicated? What's being communicated is love and the preparation of mom and dad for his life and their prayers for him and their hopes for him. And, uh, and there's a little health challenge that had to do with his birth. It's no big deal. It's going to go away. But, but it explains that too in kind of a redemptive way. And it's just marvelous. Well, this is, this is a ritual, and it's connected to a physical object in this boy's life. And he stares at it, and he looks at it. And I've actually watched him sit there and look up at this picture and smile and feel all loved. Well, that's what ritual does. Ritual embeds meaning. It, it usually is connected to, rich, to actual events and then, uh, and then physical objects. Those physical objects radiate the meaning of the ritual in an ongoing way. And the person is ennobled by this. And I want to say that that's why some of the most effective organizations in the world use ritual, use awards, uh, use ceremonies to affirm meaning, to reward, to extend meaning. It's why the Boy Scouts have been so successful. The Girl Scouts, merit badges and honors and ranks and, and, and blessing and, and saying certain words and affirming certain oaths. It sounds martial, perhaps to some people, militaristic, but it's not. Uh, it's very simple. Um, the same, same thing with the military, same thing with corporate America, great, great. Some of the better companies, uh, really affirm, really bless, really, uh, say things over people, pull together leaders have even in a secular context. I know I'm talking a little bit spiritual here, but in a secular context, have uh, a, a famous leader come in when they promote people and so on. And that person says certain things and it's, it, it really changes their lives. And I, I began my book, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, by, by saying that I had had a, a, a bunch of guys in the Middle East celebrate me about being a father. Um, and I had, I had realized later that I had never had any ritual ever welcoming me to any stage of manhood. Um, and, I, and I'm a big believer in it. In fact, I really love what our Jewish friends do with the bar mitzvah. About the age of 13, they turn a, a, a son, a, a boy, uh, into the son of the covenant. He's considered an adult. And for girls, they have the bat mitzvah. And it's 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 powerful time and transforming time for many of these guys if it's not just turned into a you know a secular time of gifts and food. So I'm a big believer in this. And I think it ought to go through every area of life. I just want you to consider for a moment the life of a boy and the opportunity to mark certain moments. For example, when a little boy first goes to school, I mean, I mean, I recommend all of you, by the way, do what my friend did and make the birth a moment. Develop kind of a, a storytelling ritual, maybe around a picture that's on the shelf or, or on the wall and, and make that something. But what's the next time that's kind of a, a big rite of passage, a big moment for a boy? Well, probably when he goes off to school for the first time. I mean, man, this is this is hard. I've watched moms ball their eyes out on the parking lot. You know, dad's often off at work hiding his tears, probably. But he's but 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 suppose you 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 sit with the boy. Suppose you tell him, uh, put a put a manly overview on this. This is what this is one of the first big steps towards you becoming a man. And um, 
stepping out of bed on your own. You're not alone. We're with you. But, but you know, men do this and men have to do that. And you'll have to learn how to do so and so. And this is the first beginning of it. Well, of course, he's not going to understand all of it. What You go off to school, what, when you're six or seven? Um, but still, you can put it in terms they'll understand and prepare them for it. And perhaps, you know, I, I know of a, of a father and, and, and some, some men very close to me have done this. They give their son a coin to carry in their pocket or they put a little uh, pen on their, on their little coat or, or they do something. They give the son some object that they've invested with. I believe in you. You're a good boy. You're going to be learning what it means to be a man. You're going to go out a little bit on your own, but I'll be right here when you come home and we'll talk about these things. And the boy can finger that in his pocket, or or maybe he's got a, a pencil that dad uses and dad's carved something in it. I've seen all kinds of things happen. But but you turn that rather lonely and challenging moment for a lot of kids into into something that that has a an orientation towards stepping into 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 young manhood. You just you just build that in. I wish my father, even when I was six or seven, had talked to me about what it meant to be a man. Okay, well, the next one might differ from from child to child and experience to experience, but maybe it's when they go from from sixth grade to seventh. Maybe that's the transition from elementary school to middle school if you have middle schools in your community. Well, that's a moment that he steps in a new responsibility. It's a moment when he steps into a, a crazy world. Maybe if they go to middle school, now that seventh grader is going to be with, I don't know how they do it in your community, but ninth graders or 10th graders. At that point, the difference between a sixth or a seventh grader and a ninth or a 10th grader is huge. And it's scary and it's weird. They've got new temptations and new opportunities to blow up your their lives. So why not a ritual? Why not? Uh, a, a time, maybe pull some other men together and maybe say, man, you're about to step into middle school. It's a big thing. We're proud of you. You know, here's what I remember from that time. Here are some things we want you to remember. Hey, we're going to give you this little medallion to keep in your pocket, or, or we're going to give you this thing that you can carry with you all the time. Maybe a card in your wallet or something, who knows? Um, and, or this watch or this wristband. And we want you to remember every time you look at it, that we're with you and, and that we're proud of you and that you can be good. You know what I'm saying? And you turn it into a ritual. And of course with men, there's always got to be food, but a little ritual. It takes an evening. It takes the length of a dinner. What difference would that make? Especially if you're consistently embedding the lessons of manhood throughout the rest of the time. And then, of course, there's the transition into high school. The big one, though, the big one that I really strongly urge every man uh, and every group of men to make sure is happening with boys is when they step into adolescence. And I've seen these rituals really get developed. I'm a big believer in that stepping into adolescence. This is when their body is about to change. This is when they're about to spend a whole lot more time alone. This is when girls are going to make them crazy. This is when Susie's, uh, you know, mini skirt and homeroom allows him to see more than he ever thought he would. And he's feeling stuff he's never seen before or never felt before. Uh, this is when all kinds of things start to change. And it's a good moment to call him out as a man. Now, I've known men uh, who have done just an, just an evening ceremony where you pull men together and, and you have them speak or pray over this young man and they give him some kind of thing to hang on his wall and teach him lessons. I've seen that kind of ceremony. It's wonderful. What I like, though, is where a group of men um, with their sons and other young boys, they have a broader ritual. Uh, I like when they've given these young men assignments, maybe as early as when they're 12, 
and said, listen, we're going we're gonna to initiate you into the great, great brotherhood of manhood when you turn 13. But during the year heading up to your 13th birthday, here are some things we want you to do. And I've seen it have to do with books. I've seen it have to do with bench press. I've seen it have to do with running. I've seen men assigned to those boys that they go talk to 10 men in their lives and ask them to reflect back on the, on the boy's life. In other words, tell me about myself. I, I want to hear this and they have to take notes and they have to report it later. Um, I've seen, again, physical challenges, responsibility things, service things in the community, memorizing scripture, uh, reading certain books. Of course, you're not going to heaven if you don't read my books on men, so it's got to be Mansfield books. No, I'm just teasing. But John Eldridge's books and other great books on manhood. Um, Sometimes it's even novels, you know, Killer Angels about the Battle of Gettysburg. That's also such a great book on on leadership. Uh, It can be done a lot of ways. I know one group of men who, when the boys had done all these preparatory things and worked out and read and served in the community and gotten other men to speak into their lives and all of that kind of things, there was going to be a big ceremony up on a hill, but the boys had to hike up the hill on their own. The fathers, without telling the boys, were actually kept them in view the whole time, but they were out away a little bit. They were tracking them. But they made these boys hike up the hill all day. Uh, it took that long for that hill. And when it got dark, these boys were still hiking up there. And the goal was go to the bonfire on the top of the hill. Well, they always had dads keeping them in view. But these boys come trudging in, you know, 830 at night. It's pitch black. It's cold. Some of them are crying, you know. And they, But they finally arrive at the, at the quote-unquote council fire where now there's going to be food and affirmation and so on. So... I, I love those kinds of rituals. I love those kinds of welcome, welcoming uh, to manhood rituals around the age of 13. I love that there's some kind of preparation and study that's culturally appropriate. You know, I as you'll read soon in the book I've got coming out called Men on Fire, um, I'm a big believer in individual heritage. I'm be- a big believer in men knowing something about what's come before in their family line and, and taking the best out of it, taking the diamonds out of the dunghill. So you can have boys do that, and and then that that helps them uh, know who they are as, as as young African American men, or know who they are as young Hispanic men, or know who they are as young Asian men, or white, or what have you, Native American. Um, and, and they bring that heritage to the celebration of manhood and commit not just to be a generic good man, but a fine, godly black man or a fine, godly Asian man. You understand what I'm saying? Bring that ethnic piece to it. Bring that heritage piece to it. I love this stuff. And I'm a big believer. I don't think you ought to traumatize the boys. I don't think you ought to overdo it. But to make them work through a curriculum for a bit in advance, make them earn it, I think is fantastic. And then some some ritual Men they know and love are gathering around them. Of course, there's got to be food. I recommend prayers. I recommend a blessing. I recommend certain significant people, grandpas, uncles, whatever, uh, saying brief things. And then some kind of a gift, some kind of a thing that can hang on the wall. The one I've seen the most is swords. Now, you got to be smart about that because you're going to be handing a sword to a 13-year-old. But if it's the kind of thing that just hangs on the wall and is never taken down, maybe it can't even get off the wall. Um, then it's, it signals manhood and knighthood and nobility. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. The, the, the step into adolescence, the, the generic bar mitzvah, the, uh, the 13 year old step into manhood is critical. You want to honor that. And there are a lot of great creative ways to do it. Now, 
I strongly recommend that there's something not as extensive, but still something sweet and beautiful that happens when a kid graduates high school and goes off to college sometime uh, between or goes off to work or goes off to the military. Get some guys together. Speak wisdom into his life. Tell him what's coming. Here's what the next phase of your life is likely to look like. Here's where a bunch of us made mistakes. We believe in you. We care about you. We'll be praying for you. Here's something for you to keep on your desk, hang on your dorm wall, or, or keep in your military pack or whatever that just radiates and says, we love you. You understand what I mean. Same thing when a man's about to get married. I've joked many times that when I first got married, my future father-in-law said, I have some wisdom to give you. And I was eager to hear it. And he said, women don't mix. <laughs> That's all he ever said. And he never explained it. Now, it's been a big joke ever since. But that would have been a great moment for five or 10 men I knew and trusted to tell me what was going to happen with marriage and what the challenges would be. And, you know, just just speak to me practically. Speak to me in real terms so I don't have bride magazine, you know, glorious pictures from the photographic studio playing in my head and no earthy reality about a, what a man's going to deal with in a new marriage. And, and then I would say the same thing when a guy's about to have children and first child comes along. It's huge. Most men are disoriented and off balance, don't know what to do. Some guys take him aside, go buy the brother a steak, go spend some time with him, go tell him how to father a young man. You understand what I mean? And all through life. Imagine if we have these things. Now, I'm not saying have a expensive, fancy ritual every year in a man's life. But, but if we do this thing right, there ought to be at least light rituals. I mean, a light ritual is I've, I've taken a young man just myself out for a steak, talk to him a little bit, maybe give him a little coin or something. I'm talking about, you know, some military type coin, um, you know, or something, something that I, that I've kept on my desk through the years that I don't, I want to give him and he'll keep it or a pen or who knows what, something that's, that usually I make it personal, something that's been mine. I always give a book. Um, but now, now I've, I've, I've just spent a little time with him. I've done a little ritual, just a little bit of a thing. Sometimes these, these kids don't even have fathers at home. And so I'm the closest thing to it at that moment. And it makes a massive difference. And so Imagine if your life, if your father had told you about your birth and what it meant to him. And imagine if he'd sat you down and give you a little bit of manly lesson while you ate some chicken or went out to your favorite pizza restaurant or whatever when you were six. And then it was repeated maybe when you went off to high school. But then really when you were stepping into manhood around the age of 13, there was this big developed ritual with other men, you know, and there's a thing hanging on your wall that radiates their hopes and reminds you of that day. And then suppose there were similar but smaller things throughout your life where the community of men came together and loved on you and spoke to you and gave you wisdom and, 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 and celebrated you a little bit and, and maybe gave you something to, to speak to you in the next season of your life. What power this would have. So I believe in ritual. I, I believe in rites of passage. I, I believe in these kinds of things. I, I, I've been in the, in the offices of a lot of important power, powerful people in my life. And I got to tell you, sometimes they've got little things hanging on their wall that some coach gave them after a game when they were in the ninth grade, you know, but it's spoken to them their whole lives. And now they're the governor of this state or the senator of that state or, or in the cabinet or they're a general or a CEO or, or making a difference somewhere in ministry. You understand what I'm saying? Let's do these things. Let's not overdo it because then it loses meaning, but let's, let's begin to impact the young with these kinds of rituals. By the way, there's a book I recommend for you, Fathers of Young Boys. It's called Making, I think it's called Making or Raising Modern Day Knights. That's the, that's the 
main title raising modern day nines. Do your Google search or your Amazon search for that and you'll find it. I'm sorry I didn't look up the author before I did this podcast, but it's a book I really love and believe in. And uh, there are other books like that. But rituals for boys, rituals marking manhood. In fact, I got to tell you, here I am, you know, later in life, I wouldn't mind having some of those for some of the rites of passage in my own life, just with a a couple of guys sitting around over a steak and and talking about what's coming. I believe in it. I think it's part of the culture of men. It's part of the lore of men. And don't exclude the women. Moms need to be there. Grandmoms need to be there. Absolutely. But this is the responsibility of men in the lives of young men. And this is how we build great men. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men. Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.